Welcome to The Problem, a Lockwood & Co. podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Alan. And this week we are talking about the fifth episode, Death is Coming, which was directed by Catherine Morshed and written by Joy Wilkinson. And I did not look at those names before just reading them off, so I'm glad that that went well. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect execution. Also... I enjoy that we are here on this weekend of North American independence from England to talk about an English show. Oh, yeah. Happy July this 1st, is, I, everyone. I literally keep forgetting that it's the independence of America time. People keep uh, on the like, floor. don't come to work that day. Yeah. Today's nothing to matter. I, I really don't care because I'm sure... They gave us our country under the condition that we still murdered the same people that they were murdering, you know? So <laughs> I don't think much changed. Here's here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Keep everything the same. We have to finish our genocide. And we were like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yep. North American history. And keep our spelling. And we were like, mm, we'll give you some of it. Right. Also, I'm keeping my window open. I just want to warn everyone because it's summer. And I will melt. But my neighborhood is very loud. And that's really going to bother me when I'm editing. But whatever. I don't want to die. <laughs> Just ignore the sound of people Just cutting down trees. ignore anything that happens. <laughs> there might be crow. There was a dying crow, I swear to God, outside to this oh, morning. No. Sometimes there's garbage trucks on a Saturday. I don't know. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode before I just sit here and complain all day like the old person that I am. That I always <laughs> aspired to be, actually, too. Oh, that's nice. You made it. Uh, we start off with Lucy and Skull in the kitchen. The beginning of a wonderful friendship. Yeah. She, she looks very cute here with her with her head just staring. Like, she's got her head on her arms just yes. staring at Skull. And then, and then I forget... Who says it? But I, like Lockwood walks in and says something about trying to get a head start because she's talking to the skull. <laughs> That's got to be on purpose. I hope so. I want, look, I want season two for many, many reasons. But I really just want sarcastic skull that we get in the later books. I want it so much. I know that the guy who does the voice for skull is a comedian. So I feel like they part of the reason why they hired him was maybe so he could riff in funny ways it's gonna be so good like all he's gonna do is think to himself wait i have this one person i can give a lot of shit to i'm gonna give right, her right, so right. much shit and i can talk about the other ones and they can't hear me kind of stuff yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's so good i want i want it <sighs> it'll happen god i hope so <laughs> anyways george comes in and lockwood is being a bit of a dick already yeah, yeah. He's on it this morning. I like that Lucy says here, like, what if the mirror is death? She just, like, uh, cuts to the quick of everything. And Lockwood's like, eh, who knows? I'm know. not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely just worried about winning his bet. My, I don't, I should have checked the book. Do you remember, did Skull say death is coming at the end of book one? When he spoke to Lucy there? Uh, I can't remember he he definitely does say the the thing that you were talking about last time where it's like life is in death and death is in life the bit um, that they cut yeah he does and he does say yeah he does say that the um death is coming he does say that but i don't remember if it's 
in book one. I'm just quickly going to check because apparently I care that much. Oh, I ended up in the glossary. Oh, <laughs> go to the end of the book. Yeah. Do all the books have glossaries? I know the first one. I think so. In the yeah. audio book, they do. Yeah. They don't, they don't do that again in the next book, though. I always like a proper fantasy glossary at the end. I always like that. Uh, oh, he says, death's coming to you all. That's close. Death's in life, life's in deaths, and what is fixed is fluid. And then that's pretty much it. Interesting. Well, so they have kind of changed it a little bit. They just didn't edit. Death is coming to you all is a little bit expansive and redundant. You just say, like, death is coming. You don't need to. No, that's. I. Th I feel like that works if he. If you do have the rest of the prophecy that he gives, the life's and death and death's and life. But without mm. that, just saying death is coming is a lot more ominous. I guess. Yeah. Because it could be you are going to die, or it could be something real bad is coming. Right. Exactly. Do you think George is meant to be uh, acting a little different than he usually is here, or is George normal and Lockwood is just being a dick, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, I think it's a little a little bit of both. George is um, still grumpy. He's still like, you know, the, the thing that makes him mad is like Lockwood's like, we'll do it together. And then George is like, well, I guess I should get out of here, huh? <laughs> um, so he's still using that as a weapon. So you can tell he's smarting. Yeah, but I, I don't know. If, I can't decide if George not wanting to go to the archives instead of the cemetery is out of character like if that's mm. you know mm -hmm. what i mean because mm -hmm. george loves going to the archives mm -hmm. but I, yeah but i i feel like there's no chance of stumbling on the mirror at the archives yeah no that's what i'm trying to decide like is his yeah him being upset about that is that mirror or is that like would george actually feel that way like he wants to go to the cemetery and look around i genuinely can't tell yeah it's yeah, it's good because it's like just enough that it could be either way. Yeah. So you're just you're just like eh, something feels wrong. It is also good how they right away make George start feeling left out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he grabs a thing here. So he wants coffee in the morning. Did he grab like a coffee press and a grinder? It looked like a French it's, press. Yeah. Yeah. And Lockwood's like, we don't have time for that. Which is fair. French press. You got to let that sit for a couple minutes. You know, like. Takes a while. Uh -huh. I mean, to be fair, there's, they're all like, we're going to get there early and we're going to get there before Fitz. So we'll be ahead of them. And I'm just like, but why? Why do you think that? Why do you think they don't get right. up in the morning? Like, I don't yeah, understand. They, and they have, they probably have like their own cars. They mm -hmm. have like, there's people there who make them breakfast and they like tell them we're going to get up extra early on this day and all that kind of stuff there's like yeah yeah lockwood's deluding himself i like lucy plays the peacemaker here she yes tries to smooth it all out i also enjoy anytime you make your employer buy you coffee like that should happen <laughs> all the time I, is coffee popular in the uk though like i have no I feel idea like it's yeah i don't i don't feel like well i mean people obviously drink coffee in the uk but like i wonder if it's only in the morning or like in America, we drink coffee constantly. And if you order tea, everybody looks at you like, what? So I just thought they had tea in the morning. I, I do that because I, I don't. Mm -hmm. Well, I enjoy like a latte, but I don't enjoy a cup of coffee. I don't. I don't know. Otherwise, I, I do know some people who don't think a cup of tea is like sufficient wake up caffeine, you know? 
Right. Yeah. They just want to chew on coffee beans in the morning and then have an energy drink. There's the, yeah, and the ultimate fate of this coffee is to not be drank at all. I, I <laughs> think... Is the tragedy. Yes, that is that is very true. I do think, like with all consumables on a television or movie, you just sort of have to assume, because like they don't want to do it on camera, because then oh, they yeah. have to do it every single take, and then suddenly times. he's drinking yeah. 10 cups of coffee. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes you just have to uh, go with it. That's Sus- true. Suspend your disbelief is what I was trying to say there. Yeah, that's fair. I like to think he drank half of it, you know? <laughs> uh, but then we go back to the cemetery and we get a song this episode which is No Love Lost by Joy Division which is not a song I like I've never enjoyed Joy Division but it works really well here because they don't give us the whole song yeah yeah it's like a guitar riff when yeah. they're walking in yeah it's very it's cool it's nice yep and we bump into Fitz because uh, they're already there and they've already done their investigating because of course they have yeah they're done so good job we get Saunders here. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. He's just like, great insurance money. Everything's fine. Who cares? Oh, my God. This is why we have insurance. Yeah. For when children get knocked out. It's like, we'll be raking in the money. It's such a piece of shit. And then I actually really love the writing of Joplin here because she is supposed to be the more sympathetic one. But even she doesn't bring up the kid. She's just like, the relic is gone. This is important. Yeah. And he's just like, shut up. It's all about the money. But yeah, I think yeah, o- yeah. only our, our team is like, and the 12-year-old that got knocked out. <laughs> like, right. The literal child. The literal child you had on security. God, that's a different world. I did want to point out that I really love Lucy's out- whole outfit here uh, with the blue pants that match her blue and black jacket. It's very good. It's yeah. cute. I like it. She's got her utility belt on. It really, she's like ready to go. I should have written it down. Somebody on Twitter pointed out that Lucy has like the equivalent of a cell phone charm on her rapier. Oh, I've never noticed that. I've And I think like you see the charm in her bedroom in the first episode and then it's like on her rapier. And that is the best detail ever. That makes so much sense. Yeah. That they would like decorate their rapiers to be their own thing yes mm-hmm. i love that so much it's also like yeah i immediately feel bad about that because it's also like another little market yep. to yeah yep. for these kids <laughs> be like we could sell these kids that you're express your individuality before you go to die <laughs> to <laughs> preserve our society Ugh. oh and before we get to um saunders kips is such an asshole here which is interesting to me because like next episode he asks lucy out and i'm just in what world (laughs) like you're just an asshole not like necessary well here he's not an asshole to her although previously he was but around her so what what was he fucking thinking (laughs) oh no that makes total sense to me oh okay that's (laughs) That's not, I mean, not, not as like, and that's what I would do, but like, right. That, just that kind of male thinking. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's how you do it. It's, you establish your dominance of the other man in front of her. And then you're like, you want to be with me, right? That's how it works. But okay. Yeah. That's fair. I suppose my thinking on this is like, we're supposed to like Kips eventually. Like I, I mm-hmm. remember when I was reading the books, I was 
I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk about some late book spoilers here. So I don't know. Skip ahead if you care. Um, I was spoiled for the fact that Kips does join the Lockwood and Co. team eventually. Uh And I was like, how? Why? (laughs) Why would they forgive this asshole? (laughs) Like, they have actually made him better in the show because he's not sticking up for his teammate who's a big bully. (laughs) But still... Yeah, they kind of cut that whole thing out of here, yeah, which was did. probably the right move. Yeah, I I always like that kind of arc where your rival becomes like part of the team. Oh, yeah. The, By the yeah. end of book five, I was all in. Like, he was part of the team. It was great. But for the first two books, I was just like, Tumblr must be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Vegeta and Goku become friends? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. Anyways. Um, just after they have their talk with Joplin and Saunders when they're walking away, I do like Joplin takes like this double take look back at George after he agrees with her about the relic. And I like that because you can kind of see that she's already got a plan. Yeah, she gets an idea. She, yeah, I have so many thoughts about this, especially when I found out that the actress and, and me are like literally the same age. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's it's really creepy, but well done. No, it's like, good. yeah, for what it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we go into the crime scene again, try to find things that no one else has found. And immediately George accomplishes that. Yeah. The cops didn't find it. Deepak, uh, deep, I don't. Nobody found it. Nobody. Fitz didn't find it. I feel like from reading the books that Deepak is the police, like that there yeah. is no longer separate because in the book, they talk about like Scotland Yard oh. and blah, 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 blah. So that there isn't regular human police and ghost police. There is just DPREC. But that doesn't make sense because that is for the psychical blah, 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 whatever DPREC stands for. Yeah, I I just assume they're like the cops for this kind of thing. So that's why we just don't see the other cops. We just around. never see them. Hmm. Yeah. Even it's just interesting because like once the Winkmans get involved and everything, you think regular police, yeah, the, then regular real human police. But I don't remember that in the book. Anyways, we get George staring at the swirl in his coffee. Yeah, I think this is the first swirl of the episode. I think so, yeah. So that's that's a big deal. The badge that he found was attendees badge, yes. so it's like a different a uh, different agency. Agency. Uh, another great bit of world building here because they don't stop and say, "Oh, from the attendees agency." They just say right, attendees right. badge and you get from context clues that that's another agency. Yeah, they just trust you. Which, is Which I love when writers trust the viewers. God, it happens also, so seldom. <laughs> it's really nice, too, for like book people to like any time that you hear the other agencies, yeah. which are also briefly mentioned in the book, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the world. So that's cool. Um, and then Lockwood once again insists that George go to the archives. But George is like, fuck that. I'm going to look around the cemetery. Yeah, he immediately <laughs> Lockwood <laughs> Lockwood like has to do this whole deduction thing with Lucy, but George immediately has already done that as soon as he walks out of the building. Uh my my note for that, I just wrote down Lockwood and Lucy. Wow, Lockwood and Lucy flirt and then I went, uh I mean role play, uh investigate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this was like <laughs> this is one of these moments where I'm never, I'm never very good at like, sometimes people will tell me like, 
that woman was flirting with you. And I was like, no, that's not a thing that happens. And this was one of those things where it was like, are, is he flirting? They're talking about role play. Is this the case? What is, I don't know. At the very least, they are enjoying showing off for each other. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then George finds a dead body. Yeah. And actually, it's I, too bad. I do think this is one of the true, like, almost jump scares in the show. Like, I did not enjoy like you can almost feel it coming when he's looking at the water, especially if you've read the book, but it was still just like, Oh, it's genuinely scary. Yeah. There's also like a tiny little world building thing here that I don't think they've mentioned. They talk about it in the books a lot mm. where water running water mm. makes things safer, which is like also like a ghost lore thing from way, way back across all kinds of cultures. It's a lot um, of supernatural things like fairies. I don't think. And witches yeah, sometimes, no, well, they don't yeah, like witches water. don't like water. All kinds of Yeah, stuff. it's a lot of things. That's interesting. So, like, it, yeah, in the books, they use running water in, like, shops and stuff to, like, make people feel safer. Um, but it, it, they haven't really done that in the show. That would be expensive to do right. that kind of stuff. To just have a water feature anytime? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't. That would, that would be weird. But yeah, so I appreciate that they mention it here and then that's the reason why they're like, oh, this would be the way to get in because it's safer for grownups who can't sense the ghosts and it's not at the gate. So it's like, it's really smart. But they are still walking into a cemetery. So once they get past the water, the ghosts will be waiting for them. But I think it's mentioned later that the dead body person, uh, Danny, is not quite out of his talent. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He's not useful to that agency anymore, but he's got just enough juice to like partner with a relic man. Yeah. <sighs> That's going to be fun to talk about in a bit. Yeah. And Easier then talent. Lockwood knows the dead body and then we're into the opening credits. It's a good credits roll. Yeah, it's good. I know that man. Yeah. So and that's like a little bit of their edge there. Because they're not able, when Deeprak shows up, they're not able to identify this person. Right, yes. Um, and so he's already got the inside thing. They know the agency that he was from and all that stuff. So I can't imagine Barnes doesn't know that they hate each other. And like that they will never work. Like, And also their bet was like announced to the cemetery. I, I don't <laughs> understand. I feel like Barnes wouldn't know about the bet. Like, nobody would tell him oh. about that. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, the hot dog guy is going to be like, oh, a cop, I got a snitch. Yeah, right, right. And then I feel like I feel like he does know and that that's the point of this, to be like, this will make them get over their, like, childish uh. rivalry. <laughs> I will mend these fences and make Lockwood more like Kipps the way that he should be. You know what I mean? God. <laughs> I want to like Barnes because I do in the books eventually, but sometimes, I mean, I like him later, like in, in these, in, in like the last episode, he's got some good moments and stuff. I like this Barnes a lot more than book Barnes, but he is more yeah. in depth. I, I suppose I meant later in the books when he is a little bit more on their side of things mm-hmm. that, and I guess we just haven't had that with this Barnes yet. Yeah. I feel like, for Barnes, he had no idea who Lockwood and Co. were at all until they burned down a house. Yep. And so, like, yeah. for him, that's, like, who they are. They're just fuck-ups. And they have, like, no 
grown-up oversight, and he's like, they're just idiots. Although they did solve that murder right away, but... Yeah, so now he's like, well, Kips, you tutor them to become, like, they have potential, right? But they're, like, clearly they're just to totally unsafe. And so you bring them up the way that they should be. Yeah, and it's I guess like that makes... you have that totally wrong, Barnes. It's like the opposite. <laughs> and actually, as I was with the spoilers, the opposite does happen. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Um, so yes, the dead body is Danny Clough. Clough? Clough? Oh, oh shoot, yeah. I don't remember. Um, I wrote it down, but Clough? No. I'm going to stop trying. You can say it something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I wrote it down, too. I, I like think you just need an English accent to yeah, say exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, old friend of Lockwood who tutored him a bit when he was first starting out as an agent, but is no longer an agent and fell into being a relic man and clawed his eyes out. Clawed his own eyes out. So that's a really good detail. That's a fun time for everyone. And it's great that George has also looked into the mirror, right? Right. No problem. And that was like, and it's also kind of important that he is not, fully talented and that happened to him i feel like oh yeah like this thing's really powerful yeah and then george finally does go off to the archives and okay here's where i get a little bit iffy on this episode because lockwood is all you go to the archives we have something to do we'll meet back at, at the house at midnight where did the day go they I left know. the <laughs> house early <laughs> Right. Like that was a specific plot point. And then I feel suddenly like it's before lunch and now it's night. <laughs> and then and then they're at the Thames and it's dark. And I'm like, yeah. when did that happen? Where did this day go? <laughs> and maybe there were some hours where they had to wait around for Deeprack to get the dead body out of the river and stuff. But like I don't think that would have taken eight hours. What <sighs> Yeah, that that whole thing's confusing. This would bother me less if they hadn't made such a point about leaving early, you know? Like Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it kind of follows the book because they like really fill up their day when the, when this, all this stuff happens, it all happens in the daytime and it's like not their usual, you know, like they do stuff at night Yeah, and they run like all day long past curfew into the night. It's like a very long day, but in this, yeah, we just literally time skip and they just seem to hand wave it and be like, hope you didn't notice. I noticed. What what yeah. time? Also, what time of year is it? When is the sun going down? The, that's a big I noticed that plot point in, in the, the background. Too, so, there's like uh, autumn tree stuff happening, like in the like when they're in the graveyard and stuff. All the leaves have fallen off the trees and stuff. So oh, okay. it could be getting dark earlier, but this seems but crazy. I mean, it does. At, le at least for me, I I noticed when I was in England for over the winter that it got dark very early and it gets dark early here but i i do recall very vividly being out somewhere at like 4 p.m and it being pitch black oh but that was in december yeah it doesn't seem i don't know though yeah it it just i definitely noticed the time skip though it was it's weird it bothers me and especially because he specifically says midnight and then they get back after midnight and i'm like but how <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then we get Lockwood already sort of being affected by the death of his friend and like 
because you know lucy notices that he's acting a little different and tries to talk to him and he's just like no whatever i don't i don't care that he said it's like mm, oh yeah when they're going true. up the spiral staircase yeah, i hardly yeah. knew him or whatever yeah like, mm-hmm. he's he's definitely deflecting everything yeah so now he's got the bet and this mm. not only the death of this friend but like him falling to ruin from longwood's point of view you know getting in with relic men yeah yeah and it's like, you know, if you're feeling sad or stressed, you know, like what you should do is like add more pressure to yourself. Yeah. That's that will enhance your performance. For a distraction. You can't. Right. You can't, it's wrong. To not if, feel things. Yeah. You don't want to stop and have to think about it. Jeez. <laughs> that's definitely the wrong thing to do. It's the way to go. You're doing it, Lockwood. <laughs> he is absolutely the healthiest option here for his <laughs> mental health. Um, George gets turned away at the archives because apparently they have a limit. It's like a nightclub in there. They're like, <laughs> we fit our body limit. You even, even has to like pay a cover charge. Yeah, it's crazy. But this must be in the analog world of the problem. Like this is the library is like an extremely important resource. Yeah. For, you know, and uh, I can't, it's weird, though. And it's it's another like economic marker because they make a point of like the Fitz guys can just like push a button. They have their own resources and all of these lower, you know, companies have to like go to the public library. But they still have to pay to get in. Right. So if they can't pay, if they don't have that money, then they're shit out of luck. Yeah. God, the classism. They get you going Uh. both ways. It's good. Pamela to the rescue, because she's on the board. The board of what? It doesn't matter. The board of the library. <laughs> it's Yeah. But she gets him in. I And I like the, again, that kind of underlines the classism of it, right? Like yeah. the rules don't apply to her. Um, and he like enjoys the benefit of that. Yep. But it's like, it it just shows how it's messed up. And then, yeah, suddenly it's the middle of the night and we're on the Thames. Yeah. yeah, this is where Lucy, <laughs> where she says, when am I not nice? Oh, and yeah. it like underlines the disjunction between book Lucy and show Lucy to me. Uh, she's because she, you know, has still has her attitude chip on her shoulder sometimes, mm-hmm. but nothing like book Lucy. Where oh, she's no. like, I will actively destroy people who annoy me. Well, and book Lucy also... I think when they first go to the cemetery to deal with the the mirror is when she thinks to herself, maybe this is why I don't have any female friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lucy, I love you. Um, but yeah, no, she really nailed that. When am I not nice? <laughs> That's good. And we get the ghost baby and I don't like the ghost baby. Oh, yeah. The cold maiden stuff is... Uh... Is good. This is right out of the book too. Mm-hmm. Or I like how this is handled. It's near enough to the book. They in the book it was a little different, but it's like lawn and drawing out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this makes more sense. Although I dislike how useless they make Lucy here. Like she couldn't even get her rapier out. She just runs. She doesn't try to do anything. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's but, so that we get scared, right? So that it yeah. freaks us out. Yeah. And and it means that Flo got to have a good entrance. So yeah, I I. I dislike it, but I would have hated it more if like Lockwood rescued her, but instead Flo just gets a cool entrance. So I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. 
but you know. And it's still, that's how that whole cold maiden thing resolves in the book too, is like, she basically uses them for bait. Yeah. Um, and then traps the source herself and saves Lucy, but like she used Lucy as bait. The only difference being that like in the book, they gave their consent without understanding what was going to happen to them, but she just takes advantage of the situation. It's an awesome entrance for Flo, I think. I love what they've done with Flo here. They, She's really, really good. Her costume is almost like exactly as it was described in the book, which again, not very important, but fun. And I love that they made her more of a real person. Which, yeah. Because in the book, I feel like she was... Jonathan Stroud will always go for the laugh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which works uh-huh. a lot of the time. But in a TV show, it would work a lot less. So mm-hmm. I, I do like... Like in the book, even books later, there's things about how much licorice they're going to have to get for Flo. And in this one, they <laughs> they get her money. You know, and they have like a scene where she's eating some licorice, but basically Lockwood is like, I will help you sell that so you can make a lot of money and please help us. And like, thank you for making her more of a real person. Yeah, I I like in the Stroud books, the way that kid culture is like, yes, in the background in a hard boiled detective kind of way, because this is very hard boiled detective. Like, I know a guy in the underground because I am not like official police. I'm like independent detective. Right. Yes, yes. And and then it's like, but I got to bribe him or her, whoever, with their drug of choice. And then it's like licorice, like licorice. Yeah. Or like when they go to different places, they're like, and there were comic books scattered all over the. And it's I love that stuff as in terms of like, it gives you the same feel, but it's like this kid inflected kind of fun version of it that's so fair. I'd, i i agree that if you did that stuff in the show it would be like this is cheesy yeah but it's kind of cool in the book uh but i do love that she's still eating some licorice here so we still have that personality trait of hers yeah uh, that's yeah. a nice that's like the perfect yeah. way to do that and i she calls <laughs> i had to look this up she calls lucy the latest slapper oh and i was like what is this? Because she calls her a trollop in the in the book. And I was like, I know what that is. And I was like, oh, this is when I looked it up. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> and Lucy's like properly offended. So like I learned some London slang, I guess, by watching the show. See, I've never heard the term slapper, but I, I just got it from context clues. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. It was not nice. And then they're all like talking shop and it's great because Lucy and Flo like immediately dislike each other and Lockwood is just trying to keep the peace while also like trying to talk shop. It's great. Yeah, he's just trying to get his thing. And he like literally, he literally told her like, let me just handle it. And Lucy is (laughs) like, like, nope. I am offended by everything about her. Because Lucy's always nice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Flo does have one of the best lines here. Uh, where she says, we all make our living with the dead. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. She's seeing more clearly <clears throat> than Lucy, for sure, uh, or even or even Lockwood. And she's like, we're all slaves to a system run by the rich. Yeah. Where, like, Lockwood rolls his eyes, and he's like, give me a break. And, and uh, she, yeah, and, and that they're cogs in the system. Yeah. I do. Uh, yeah, I love everything about Flo's introduction here. I also enjoy how 
because I, I don't know about things in America or I don't know wherever our listeners are, but here in Canada, there's a lot of uh, discussion about homelessness and and houseless people right now and how they're being treated abominably. Um, and I like this idea of Flo choose like obviously she has her boat that we see later but she does sort of look like a stereotypical homeless person like especially the way that they describe her in the book and so i like this point that they make of her choosing to live this way because so many people think that uh people who are down on their luck like that or not down on their luck that's my whole point that they're not down on their luck that she likes Mm -hmm. it better this way she likes being outside the system even if it doesn't look like a normal life Oh, yeah, it's definitely like a choice where it's like a messed up choice, too, because, you know, it's freedom or comfort. um, And it like underlines the way that like all the resources are hoarded by people who are complicit with the system Um, that like literally excludes those people who just want to live a different way. Yeah. Like she she just doesn't want to be one of the kids who gets knocked out so that a relic man can like steal you know what I mean? Like she just doesn't want to guard uh, a graveyard and uh, have a little bit of independence. And everybody's like, "You're an evil monster for yeah. doing for doing that." I we learn more about her later in the books, obviously. And I feel like, and this is an interesting thing that I'm just putting together now because I feel like Flo and another main character that we meet later, who is also a girl, have almost ex- who have have extremely similar backstories to Lucy like they were on a team everyone died and I, like it's just interesting how everyone's got the same fucking problems oh yeah and how differently they react to it yeah 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 it's like military veterans and stuff yeah you have like one person they'll all go through <clears throat> a similar kind of circumstance and then one person like starts their own company and another person ends up homeless you yeah. know what i mean like but they're all still trauma friends because trauma you bonds you yeah. yeah i'm not 100 percent sure about flo's team dying but it was something similar to that yeah they're all just caught up in this all the psychic kids are have their lives ruined by this stuff yay <laughs> yeah i i like the way that lockwood brokers this idea though to her yeah to, like i'll be the intermediary and uh and all of that stuff to keep her safe you get the feeling that like he actually does care about keeping her safe and and, and, it, and you get the feeling vice versa that she wants him yeah yeah that you really get that their old friendship like you just feel that right away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then i think we're back at the uh archives yeah we're George has another swirl going on. The first time I saw this scene, I thought he was doodling in one of the, like the library books, and I was like, uh, "But then it's this his also, notebook, so yeah, it's fine." That bothered me too. I was like, "What are you? Do- this is like, evil, George. What's happening to you?" It's so on George. Like it would have been even more like, "Oh shit, the mirror has him." <laughs> and this is really truly when Joplin gets creepy. I feel where she she. Yeah, she shows up and she's like, so what you doing after this? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the dynamics of this, <clears throat> because Joplin is a woman and George is a boy, I feel like this is more permissible. I, I it, on the although surface. Although it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see where somebody watching it maybe wouldn't get the creepiness right away, especially because, and I've actually had this experience that i'm about to explain not 
not the creepy Joplin experience, but like I've worked with younger people before. And when you work together on something, whether whatever it is, you do get like an equal feeling between the two of you, even if your ages are quite different. Mm -hmm. And that is, and it is strange to then be like, wait, can we, can we hang out outside of work? Or is that weird? You know, like it, it's weird. George is very mature for his age. No, there's, <laughs> this is not okay. No, 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 this is not okay. Yeah. Joplin I takes get what it you're saying, though. too creepy, but I'm saying if you're a part, if you're the audience watching it, you might not get the creepiness right away because it does kind of seem like they're working together and they're having this like um, professional equalism thing because they, especially through some conversations that they have back when at her place. But it is creepy. And especially once you, when you get to the end, you see how she was manipulating him the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they set this up pretty nicely in the previous episode where she's like, it's nice to be part of a proper team and like people who care about the things that I care about. Yeah. You yeah. Know, because you can see that Saunders like has no respect for her interest in the relics. and Anything all other than stuff. money. Right, exactly. And so, you know, on the surface, it just seems like she's kind of like a grown-up version of, like, George's interests, and yeah. they make a natural connection. It's like, well, the ages are off. This is a little bit weird, but, like, I think the actress is also playing it perfectly, like, when you oh, yeah, watch everything. Oh, yeah, Louise Freely is doing amazing. Yeah, this is, like, hard work, and she's doing it really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my note was George goes on a date. Like, <laughs> it must also be weird. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for her. I'm trying to point out the good why you wouldn't at first think that this was bad. But like because of things like curfew, you can't just walk home and grab dinner on the way. You right. know, so I can see where somebody saying no, come o- come over for dinner is just like a then we're together and we'll be safer type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then we switch over to a cafe that's open at night. Yeah. So this is there's so much going on in this scene that we have to talk about before we get into any of the conversation. Yeah. So first of all, uh, Flo's getting a cup of tea at the counter and Jonathan Stroud puts milk into her tea. Oh, wow. I had, I had no idea. That, so, yes, that's that is the book author. Um, Amazing. And but also... Like, if some proprietor of a cafe where I ordered tea put milk into my tea for me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't care how many books you've written. I will put my milk into my tea. I That is a very personal thing. That's funny. <laughs> and, then, and then we see Lockwood buttering this toast, and he's doing it like he flourishes his arm at one point. Like, he's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Like, what is happening with that? It's a rapier move. And then he yeah. so precisely just... Puts the toast in front of Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I did that for you. Yeah. Isn't that Here you isn't go. This impressive? And, and then Lucy is like, sugar one, sugar two, sugar three. Like, just <laughs> pouring the sugar into her tea. Like, <laughs> I have seen in an interview that uh, Ruby Stokes disagrees that this happened. So it must be an editing thing. Not like she made a choice to put six teaspoons of sugar. Like, that Lucy mm-hmm. only likes to drink sugar tea. Um L- Listen, she's been up since six in the morning. Yeah. And like, she's just trying to stay awake. <laughs> They've walked all across London. That must be. Yeah. The only, tired. that must be where all the time went. <laughs> anyway. And then after all this weird setup, then Flo sits down and they have a conversation about Danny. I also like that the cafe itself is 
like on a jetty over the water. Yeah. That like makes so much sense for this being open at night and how they talked about how water makes you safe and everything. Yes. So like this is not like a, you know, a place that George could have gone on his date to necessarily. This is kind of like a place for agents, it seems like, to <laughs> get sugar in the middle of the night so they can keep working, I guess. I just I cannot stop seeing how much sugar she was putting in that tea. <laughs> And then after that big point of making, of buttering the toast and like putting it in front of Lucy so particularly, nobody eats the toast. But She it, doesn't touch it. No, again, that's like an on-camera thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, look what a good provider I am for yeah. you. <laughs> you know? I hunted and killed this toast for you. <laughs> oh, I, I love everything about this like truly chaotic <laughs> scene. It's great. Yeah. Anyways, so then we find out that Danny, oh, here he gave his last name an S, Slough, instead of Clough. Nope, yeah. Who knows <laughs> what his name is anymore. This poor Danny kid. Anyways, we learned that he was abandoned by his agency when his talents faded. Yay. Seems fine. Yep. Seems, seems like. Had no choice but to fall back onto a life of crime. Yep. Because, you know, they don't educate you when you're... They don't waste your time of being like, here is maths, here is history, here is, you know, any kind of marketable skill. Yep. Uh, you're really on a track to do one thing. Yeah, I guess when you're done being an agent, you can become a supervisor or you can get into deep rack and that's it. Yeah. Good luck, because there's plenty of those jobs, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so then we learn about Jack Carver and the Winkmans. Right. So there's a lot of names get dropped in here uh i remember being i had a hard time with this in the book and the first time i watched the show it's just like i'm not good with like name 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 and like who are all the they're they're all the same kind of person like they're all relic people they're all bad people so i'm just like okay and then they mention that person's name later and i'm like did we talk about that i don't remember them at all i'm bad at this kind of stuff but it is all straight out of the book. So it's like Danny died and now Jack is left over. He, he's like a new character who probably is the guy who stole the mirror out of the graveyard. Yeah. So we need to track down what happened to him. And Flo knows that he's going to get rid of it for money. So Winkman is like a fence. This is all like hard-boiled detective kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Where you're like, you use the underground person to find out who you sell your stolen goods to and stuff on the street. Because the detective's not going to know that stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Winkmans are known for selling very expensive relics to rich people. So then we make like a full circle in society. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the circle of death. <laughs> circle of life uh lockwood leaves a note for jack carver that basically just says we know about the mirror and their address which is great great i feel like this is another like lucy's like are you okay do you need to talk and then this is another th where lucy's like whoa that's a suicide note dude like he's he's has risky bad behavior like this is not good this choice that he's making here. Like yeah, I get yeah. why he does it and everything, but this is supposed to be a signal to us. I feel like. And like directly after that, 
is when he he gives the attendees veg to Flo, and she says, "You know, I thought you'd be dead by now." So yeah. no one is, or everyone is worried about Lockwood. That line, the way that she delivers it, and like all of her, the way she holds herself, and she calls Lucy darling at, at one point. Yeah. She just feels like five or six years older than them. You know, like, I don't know if she is, but like emotionally, she's just like, you guys are caught up in a thing that you can't even see the world that you're still a part of. Like the way you're being used and stuff. Yeah. The, I don't know. Like that actress is just like, fantastic yeah she really nailed it um we should also mention that she calls lockwood Lockie, which is Lockie, great really good lucy's stressed out about that too (laughs) (laughs) where do you know her from how how long have you known each other right because obviously she's like you and doesn't realize they were flirting earlier Mm -hmm. yeah she has no radar for that uh and we're back to joplin's i think the george date what yeah. is um does Joplin live in a dumpster? What what is with her walls and stuff? The only, well, my note about her walls was like nobody has this many mirrors. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just looks like I don't know, like it's very um maybe I'm totally wrong about this. It just looks like there were a hundred pictures on the walls and then the island of Pompeii was destroyed by a volcano and then they took the pictures all off the walls and then put new pictures up. There's just like a lot of stuff happening on her walls that it looks like the house maybe burned down once or twice. I don't know. Maybe it's just supposed to look like... She's like too bookish to... To care. To clean up. But she will hang two mirrors perfectly for the shot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In her living like, room. If, if I sit right here. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I got it. Perfect. Um, no. What was I trying to say? Like. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they live in London, which is expensive. So she would have yeah. like a small, cheaper apartment, especially since she seems more of like an academic than somebody, which I, I have to assume that academia in this world is not, you know, is even worse off money wise. Oh, yeah. Um, And then I would also think that because of the problem like construction and renovation is probably less like like it's probably more difficult right and so i would think that a lot of small or a lot of apartments that would have been renovated or knocked down and rebuilt or whatever that probably just hasn't happened because they don't have the people for it they don't have the money for it so everything is just more run down yeah i guess it's uh it was just distracting. I, I was like trying to figure out, is this telling me something? Maybe that's what it's telling me is, is all the world building that you're talking about. That, that would be my, I've not thought about it at all until you just brought it up. Yeah. So the, that, that would be my thinking though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, I, George does a thing here where he starts talking to her about ancient gods as a way to like, flirt and make a romantic connection. And I have to tell you as someone who has the exact kind of hyper-focused interests as George, this doesn't work, George. Like it's not going to work out for you. I just wrote down that George and Joplin have a mythology off. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's cool. They get all their facts, right? I really appreciated that. And he says the name of the God correctly, just like she says. But uh, we then learn a little bit about, 
Joplin and about how she never had any talent and how her parents were almost kind of like problem deniers. Mm, <laughs> or at the yeah. very least, they really wanted to hold on to their old lives, which just wouldn't work. Yeah, that feels like some privilege, right? Like, we're just going to pretend it's cocoon, not happening. Right. Yeah, um, I like that's the how disjunction I... there, too. <laughs> Yeah, but like pretend it's not happening. That's how I also react to change. Oh yeah, hundred so, percent privilege. But I can understand it. Yeah, I get it. It's the I don't feel good about it when I do it, but it's yeah, I understand. Yeah, they yeah they bond over caring about the problem. I really like that she had no uh, psychic no ability. Yeah, yeah, because that like it throws George off for a second. Like it breaks the connection that he feels with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not, it, it like, I don't know how to say this. Like it trips him up in a way that it doesn't seem to trip her up at all in the conversation. And you just feel that disconnection on rewatches to be like, oh, I see. Like George is really falling for this and she's just like, keeps going with their conversation. Yeah. It's also just interesting. I don't think we have heard of children not having talent mm -hmm. so it's just nice to know that it's not a for sure thing it's kind of a maybe yeah that's a good point and that it's also interesting that she's like i wish i had uh so maybe there's a lot of people who feel like that that is no if i was born into this world as a kid without talent i would also be very upset about that mm -hmm. which is stupid because that's probably that's like gotta be the a better best life. yeah that's got to be a yeah. better life but at the time you'd be like Look at all those other kids, you know, getting to be like adults and blah, 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 blah. Right. You wouldn't. Adventures. Yeah. Adventures. You wouldn't see the death and trauma and PTSD. You would just be like, I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be cool. Especially uh, in the, they don't talk about it much in the show, but in the books, you know, like there's magazines about agents, you know, there's fashion spreads in the newspaper about them or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. They glamorize. They glamorize the, the yeah. yeah. So that it would be difficult. And this is where the mirrors come into play because they're talking about the mirror. And when we're looking at George, we're looking at him in a mirror. Right. And then we switch and we're looking at Joplin in a mirror. But in but that George's, mirror, yeah. we can see the mirror that George was in. So we can still see George's face. Yeah. And like, it's a good shot. Great cinematography. Cool. But yeah. also. <laughs> Weird. Who does that in their living room, dining room area? Like, <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think I have a single mirror outside of the bathroom. I can't, well. I have yeah, one in my bedroom. Yeah, there's one in the bedroom and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Not where we eat, but yeah, that would be yeah, weird. Exactly. That would be so weird. I don't want to look at myself while I eat and I definitely, no. and I don't want to look like, look at two of my roommates or whatever <laughs> while they eat. Like what? I don't. Yeah. It's just, it's a choice. It's a great shot though. It just doesn't make oh, sense. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Lockwood making poor, poor, poor decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really good because, like, he is uh, committed to, like, she's like, why don't we get a cab if we need to go so fast? And he reveals that he's decided to die tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I want to derail us a little bit. Okay. Um, I know we're already long. Um, but I, I want to talk about because um, at this point, when I was watching the episode for the podcast, I was like, 
oh my god like the freudian death drive on this angsty boy is so <laughs> thick that like how am i not gonna be able to resist talking about freudian death drive with him like he he just wants to fuck up his life and he needs to like calm down so i just want to talk about death drive for a little bit because i feel like it's all over the show but it's definitely they've really turned it up with lockwood i guess this is a thing that's more in the later books that they're bringing forward in a way yes i guess i mean he's always making bad choices but this is like a different level i feel like i would say lockwood's whole death thing is most prevalent in book five but there's yeah. a bit in book three too but the book the stuff in book three is mostly lucy being worried about it while the stuff in book five is literally like so this is where i'm going to be buried right right yeah <laughs> yeah my life is over and it's yeah. been over yeah yeah that's not good yeah, so like, probably everyone's heard of Sigmund Freud, uh, and like whatever you think about him, he is a very important person in terms of like, you know, constructing a model of the human mind and stuff. Uh, and he's, you know, we talked like about ectoplasm, and he's like a, it's a similar kind of thing where he's like one of these really important people in the 1800s who like intellectualizes a whole field that becomes a new capitalist market of like talk therapy where, you know, like we've really gotten away from Freud's idea of like, we should recalibrate society and like the way that we educate people about how the mind works so that we can create a better society to be like, we should just treat the symptoms forever and milk that market for everything it's worth. Right. Um, so we just won't change things. We'll just uh, help you cope by talking to a therapist. Uh, but he had this idea called the pleasure principle and the way that this idea works is like, if you know, like we're recording the podcast or you look at like your, your recording thing, there's like a flat line when we don't say anything. And then when you talk, there's all these waves happen. And then when you stop talking again, it's flat again. Right. And that's kind of like what the pleasure principle is for Freud. It's like, you're just normal, like equilibrium and then like you get hungry or something and that's all the waves like you're disturbed like you're he's called he calls it being excited uh and then you eat some food you do something about whatever it is you're excited about and then it goes back to being flat and normal and that is for freud that's pleasure okay is getting rid of the disturbed feeling whatever whatever it is like you want to have sex or you want to eat or you want to have an argument, whatever it is. Like once it's out of your system, then ta-da, pleasure. You did just and... make me go check my levels. <laughs> Everything working? Yeah, everything's uh, good. So he, this is what he believes for like most of his career. And then World War I happens. And he keeps getting these uh, veterans who are like having PTSD, basically. They have like shell shock or whatever they called it. Right. Then. And the mind is not working the way that it's supposed to, according to his model, because they keep going back to the battlefield in their minds, no matter what is happening and returning over and over to this trauma. And the mind should like be getting over it, right? If he's right about his model and he comes up with this new model that's called the death drive, where instead of being like equilibrium disturbance and then back to equilibrium 
what the mind is really doing is like equilibrium is boring and the mind is like, I want to be excited and interested in things. And so I'm going to move towards the disturbance and I'm never going to resolve the disturbance because then it goes back to being boring again. But for like, and that's the unconscious mind is doing that because it wants things to be interesting. But your conscious mind suffers because it's like, I just want things to be normal. You know, I want things to go, you know, be like pleasurable. Right. Um, and we're caught in this cycle. And so for Freud, like when you have this big trauma, like say you're orphaned at age six, for example, um, that you would uh, be constantly returning to the idea of death the way that Lockwood is and be fixated on it and not be able to move past it because it's more exciting to be like trying to put yourself in all these perilous situations where you might die than it is to like have a cuppa and just like enjoy being around Lucy. And so like this, I just see like all of his choices are like very death drive influence there's like there's later thinkers who talk about this sort of like you have like a goal in mind like you know he wants to go to winkman's and the death drive makes you do this thing where you move towards your goal but you move away from it at the same time and so it ends up being kind of a circular motion like you you kind of go around it and you're constantly closing in on your goal but you're always moving away from it and so the motion of that when you plot it is literally a spiral inwards mm. and like the death spiral that we keep getting. And a lot of later thinkers after Freud even call this um, an undead drive where you would just constantly unthinkingly be like, this is how people get addicted to things, you know, and just their whole personality evacuates and they are just only about harming themselves because it's uh the mind is so activated by it it can't find equilibrium anymore so it's like a whole thing i'm very worried about Lockie here <laughs> he's like like we're gonna go to winkman's he's, she's like the place where flo said they're murderers and they'll definitely kill us yep. did you not hear her call me darling and then condescend to me like we should not go there I do, I do like that Lucy only got condescension, condescension, and even she's like, maybe we should listen, you know. Yeah. And Lockwood is just like, only bad decisions, no therapy, no therapy, <laughs> for real. It's so bad. Um, but I get it because, like, that's what that's what angst is. Like, I I don't know. Like, whenever I learned about death drive, I was like, oh, this is totally real because, like, I know that I feel good when it does feel good to be like angsty right like it's yeah uh you know that you're not making a good choice but you're like oh i'm fighting i'm i'm in the thing and it feels better to do that than to like resolve it and have it be over i don't know why like but but it does i think one takes work and like looking at yourself which no one yeah. likes to do yeah why yeah no therapy only bad choices only bad choices <laughs> uh so we enter into the Winkman's warehouse. Yeah, their lair. I yeah, love right before lair. they go, right before they go in there. Right. Lucy like suggests the entire scenario that actually happens in the book. Yeah. And yeah, Locke that was, was like, good. see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. 
<laughs> which is great because Book Lovewood, who loves dressing up and doing an accent, is all over that shit. Yeah, yeah. They do. They like have bad costumes and have like a ridiculous plan and all this stuff. Yeah. But, but they don't do that. I, yeah, no, this makes more. This is keeps things moving. Yeah. So, yeah, I like I love the set design in here. I love any set where it looks like they just put the whole prop storage like the whole prop house is just on set today oh true you know like (laughs) they just went through their prop storage and was like yes 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 that's funny i didn't think about it all set dressed with everything um i why would you sound work yeah there is i was gonna just why would you think of it if you've never been in a prop storage area yeah like oh i found a foam hamburger what (laughs) (laughs) it looks real that's weird (laughs) True story. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, the sound design in here is good because everything in there is a relic. So Lucy's just like, I don't know about this. Oh, yeah. It's it's really disturbing, especially like when I watched it with my headphones. I was like, oh, yeah, this is bad. And they do a good job with the subtitles, too. And it's because it's like, man croaks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) door slams things like that yeah it's weird um he has lockwood has the incredible plan of if someone shows up you hide i wrote down lockwood is just abandoning sense yeah this is crazy there's no plan at all there's no plan there's just find the mirror yeah and then lockwood gets electrocuted oh well first we meet the kid leopold Uh this poor kid (laughs) Which I kind of like what they've done with him in the show here, because in the books he was just a fucking snot. Oh yeah, he's he's a mini me of Winkman, yeah. basically. But they've really made him made it more disturbing in yes. there with yeah. what they've done with this kid and how he's like clutching um, a relic. Or yeah, I'm gonna maybe have to his relic. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so that I that's a little world building question mark to me because if it is his relic. Doesn't he have to be dead for it to give off anything? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, because like when she touched uh, George's uh, mug, she got nothing. Yeah, she got nothing. But I mean, it does just sort of hold a toothbrush. And Mm -hmm. and this one the kid is clutching all the time. But the dead thing, I'm, I'm unsure about what's happening there. It's disturbing for sure, though. Yeah. You feel bad for the kid. Either way, if it's his relic, bad things are happening to him. And if it's somebody else's relic that he's just holding all the time, like that's real shit. That's too. really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> that's extra messed up. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, um, Mrs. Winkman, I don't remember her name, uh electrocutes uh Lockwood for the first time, because there's gonna be more later. And oh, he, yeah. he passes out and Lucy hides. It's so good because there's like no chance for him to talk or it's like yeah. the best choice. It's so good. Uh, and then we have George at home, and you. Oh yeah, for you, like two seconds. Yeah, for, we just he he looks abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, poor George. I mean, he he's the only one who doesn't get electrocuted, so maybe good good for you, George. <laughs> he makes more food, which I was like, it's a George, yeah, George thing. And then Lockwood wakes up in an electric chair with torture tools around him. <laughs> yeah, this is terrifying. Like, oh, buddy. The, the most terrifying thing about this is like right as he's first waking up, we're kind of like in his POV mm-hmm. and you know, like it's blurry and then, and the darkness is like 
opening in a way like your eyelids would and stuff. And you can see that uh, Lockwood has no laces in his shoes. And I was like, what the, how Lockwood, how do you survive in this world with no laces on your shoes? How do your shoes not just fly off your feet? I did not notice that. I was very worried for Lockwood at that point. Oh, God, that does put a whole different spin on this scene. (laughs) No laces. Maybe they tied him up with them. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they they took him out. Yeah. I literally like was like, wait, I need to rewind and see if he has laces in other scenes. But like, I couldn't tell. Uh, Yeah. How does he (laughs) run away with no laces? I don't know. It really bothers me. Um, But it's obviously does not matter at all for this scene, which is genuinely scary i think feel like i do it is yeah and i think they make it they do a good job with the scene of making winkman scary while keeping this mostly appropriate for children yeah yeah mostly yeah. you know like yeah. i do feel like were this an adult show worse things would have happened to lockwood yeah um but and probably lucy but they do a good job of still keeping it pretty scary yeah this is um it's very disturbing like it's all vibes it's not which is yeah. i think it's kind of worse in a way like if you oh, actually as a like, tv show yeah 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 absolutely yeah. it's like the move to make to be like uh because you're imagining things and then it's yeah, whatever's you, worse for you you don't know what's gonna happen when yeah exactly yeah I yeah there's extreme close-ups and stuff too i was thinking about what you were saying before about like how that makes it weird and i was like oh yeah this yeah. is like yeah once it's pointed out to you you'll notice it every time and you're like oh yeah, yeah this is kind of a weird scene why are we this close to your face <laughs> it works it, it like gives you that bad feeling yeah you vary in his head and i enjoy how lockwood kind of keeps it together as being his normal snotty self until they bring in lucy and then he's just a scared kid yeah he's terrified he's terrified he does a really good job of like uh, the actor um, does a really good job of like transmitting to us, the audience that he is afraid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like when Winkman can't see him, he's like, then he's like breathing hard. His eyes are really big. He's like scared. And then when they're face to face again, he's cool and has it together and just lies really smoothly. Yeah. Agreed. I think we've talked a lot about how Cameron Chapman does an amazing job yeah, with everything really that they give him. I wrote down a line here and I have no, it's a good line, but I have no idea who says it or why I wrote it down. <laughs> but it says burdened by the business of death. Great line. Somebody. Must oh have yeah. Said Winkman it. says that. Winkman. Yeah. Great. He, he says we're all burdened by the business of death. Great line. Should have given yeah. myself some context. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good line. Yeah. That actor is like a game of Thrones veteran. It's a very different role. He's uh, he's really, really good oh, as yeah. this psychopath. Yeah, he's like a good guy in that. And this is like, yeah, he was a like good range. One of John's friends, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like the he's like the guy up there who's like the dependable. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Good, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like here, too, how his uh, his plan is like it's chillingly smart where he's like, I'll just open your wrists up and dump you in an alley. And no one's going to question that because yeah. you're burdened by the business of death. That's you know? what it is. Okay. And, and that's like the whole thing, right? Like that's, that's the death drive. 
And it's like, this is what he wants in some sense, but he's scared of wanting it too. He's, he is committing suicide via Winkman, but like, he doesn't really want that. Especially not with Lucy. No, I would say no. It's terrifying when she gets, uh, electrocuted and stuff. I remember the first time that I watched this because I had read the book Mm -hmm. and I was like expecting a totally different, like comedy scene or something. And then all of this happened and I was like, holy shit, like what's going to happen to them? Is George going to have to like save them? I was like very worried about all of this. And then when they do get away and like literally Lockwood gets electrocuted in that chair and then afterwards everyone's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he has like a moment when they're running down the street where he's like, "Ah," you know, like he has like a pain and that's. That's it. He's just good. And then he's got to get over it to get back to George. <laughs> and <clears throat> on one hand, I, I assume that they did that specifically to kind of downplay that they were just tortured. Well, that Lockwood in particular was tortured. Well, Lucy gets electrocuted too and it knocks her out for a bit. But because like it is, it is almost a kid's show, right? Yeah, yeah. You, so, this happens all the time. Like people get knocked on the head in TV shows and yeah. they're like, they're right back up and they're fine. Yeah. No concussions. So I get what they were doing, but still. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. Oh. The <laughs> the way that he turns on that machine and the way that Chapman plays getting electrocuted seems mm-hmm. like serious business to yeah. me. Like, yeah, like a little be... uh, pit of despair going on there. I 100% thought the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, I can't say that because it makes me too old. Oh, no one no. will know. We're just what embracing. I mean. We're just embracing it. <laughs> And they have this one moment where they we cut back to George when he like punches the window because he sees bigger staff. Yeah, the dead staff. And then you see the skull laughing at him. Yeah. That's good. And that's creepy and weird. And it kind of amps up the tension back in like the torture scene too. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's uh no one's having a good time. Yeah. It's bad. Uh but eventually Lucy has a plan and gets them out of there. (laughs) Which just seems to like luckily that stuff was flammable i guess she was playing possum yeah for a while and uh it'd be funny if she did all that and he's like this is water um <laughs> but whatever it works they get out and then why I feel, does she have a lighter i don't uh, know that makes sense to me actually because the books yeah. talk about how they have like um they all in their belts they always have sources for non-electric light because ghosts mess with electric stuff oh that that does make sense so they would always have like candles or gas lanterns or something like that as an american it literally messes me up every single time they say like and then i torch this yeah Yeah. and it's like what they're walking around with wood oh no wait that's a that's a that's not a torch i got it okay (laughs) so yeah then we're out on the street and they're just having a talk about their feelings or Lucy's trying to sort of reach into Lockwood. Like what the fuck was that all about? Cause yeah. he went on that spiel about, you know, don't kill her. Just kill me. No one will care. Please just kill yeah. me. What was your fucking plan, dude? Like <laughs> yeah. you can talk to me. I am your friend. And you can kind of see that Lockwood wants to, but he just can't. Yeah. Dude needs Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> dude needs <clears throat> Jesus. I'm just so worried about Lockwood. <laughs> please Um, yeah talk to someone buddy also i feel like this is where he really embraces the dark circles under his eyes yeah yeah i don't uh, he does not look healthy for the rest of the show Mm -mm, no and then they remember george yeah and that they set up a trap 
of their house yeah. to, to be like, please come here, guy who steals relics and murders his partners, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So then they get a cab home. Although, again, they have both just been electrocuted. Lockwood a little bit more than Lucy, you know, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so this is wild, but I, they're moving on, so we're moving on. Yep. And they break into the house. Um, I George's... mean, I, I think they use their keys, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like for George, there's like a little bit of a jump because we're on George's face and then we hear them. Yes. Come in. Then there's ominous knocking at the door. They all freak out. I find knocking on a door to always be creepy. It's bad. It makes me jump every time someone does it. I don't enjoy it. Maybe because I don't enjoy it in real life. But also, no, I don't like it. Anyways. Carver comes in with a knife in his back. <laughs> this makes no sense, I think. It, it's right out of the book. It's really, really good. Like, if you're going to, as a writer, dramatic choice, this is the most dramatic choice. So yeah. I think it's the right choice, but it's, like, crazy. I How s- did this happen? Like, it happened on the porch? What happened? I assume- Why did they wait <laughs> until that moment? He must have been, like, running away from her, right? From I Joplin. hope so. And just with a knife in his back. And I guess he was already close to here's okay. Here's what or, we're or gonna... she was like, I'll wait till he gets on the porch and then bam. And then run away. <laughs> like, Yeah. How would she have even known that he was going to be there? Right. No, she must've been tracking him down after George left. Cause no, she wouldn't have waited for him. She would have no idea that he was going to go there. Yeah. She followed him. Yeah. And then it's like, where and is then... he going? And then she's like, Oh shit. I know where that is. So that, I went there the other day, did, you know, for the interview. And oh, the, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I was so, thinking about next episode when she comes over yeah. again. And so then, we're like spoiling this whole thing. But like it just the logistics of it are really confusing to me. So, yeah, I guess. And then I guess she decided, well, can't let him talk to them. Right. About me. So stabs him and then runs away. And then he mm-hmm. goes in. Cause, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah. It's dramatic. It is dramatic. You feel like you would have pulled him away before then or been like, hey, come here or anything other than like, I'll stab, stab and you run. in the back and run. Hope that killed you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um. So then as he's dying, he does say the words bone glass, which I don't think we've heard before. Yeah. And yeah. seven, not one. He was on his way to 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have those in London. I don't know about that. They might. Yeah, they probably do. Globalization. And then George, like when it comes out that he's seen in the mirror, George is like, oh my God, what did you see? And they have this great thing where he says terrible things and he delivers it perfectly. Like, I have no idea who this actor is. He's on screen for two seconds, but he delivered that great. Oh yeah, he is really good, actually. Like, it's not, I don't think it's easy to die without being like corny. He does a great job. Last words are like really hard to do all this stuff is great like i'm i don't want people to feel like i'm making fun of it and saying it's stupid like i love this stuff it's just like but then my my other brain turns on and i'm like it's like the the time of the day thing like yeah exactly (laughs) when you're trying to when you pick apart an episode you notice all these things that you don't notice when you're just binging through the show yeah and you're like maybe it would have been better if i turned my brain off but oh well (laughs) um and then and then they have him, you know, whisper, but only Lucy can hear. 
when he says, come with me. And that's really good, too. Yeah, his last, last words. That's very After creepy. he's died. Yeah. Oh, so good. And it's, it's just, so, it. I, I don't know why that tickles me so much. Like, it's good how they do it. I love this idea that with Lucy only being the only one to hear him and had that being how everyone says, you know, he's dead. You heard afterwards. And then, but also the words themselves. So interesting. Like, what did it's you, also, I don't know. Like, I love it. It's a good like bookend when you think about how she was trying to talk to Skull at the beginning and she was like right face to face with him and she's right face to face with this guy. That's true. As you know, and, and does hear his words from the afterlife and everything the way that she wanted to from Skull. It's just there's like it's very satisfying. It's it's like a perfect ending. Yeah, it's really good. And then how they're all just like sitting there defeated as mm-hmm. the drum start of the closing credits. Yeah. That's good. We talked about a lot of good things in this episode, and this was actually my least favorite episode. It's a very, like, middle chapter where we're just moving. Yeah, it it does feel very much like they go here and they do this to set up this thing that happens later. Have to introduce characters and move plots. But, But there's still a lot of good things. Like, I'm not saying I disliked the episode. I'm just saying if I had to rank them, this would be number eight. Mm-hmm. I, yeah i after talking about it i feel like a lot better about it like there's so much good stuff that was here to talk yeah. about so like it was good yeah i genuinely thought this was going to be a short episode but we we managed an hour and a half again <laughs> so guaranteed that's great like I, when i was taking my notes i was like I was just writing down facts like they went here and they did this. They did this. They, this happened. I wasn't yeah. writing down anything to talk about, but then we found things to talk about as we do. Mm-hmm. Turns out the show is good. Even the bad <laughs> episodes Again, are good. Not bad. Just not as it's good not. as the rest of them, I feel. Yeah. Because like so many have either visual or story themes throughout that are fun to like pick apart and follow through and this one is literally just they go here they do this they go here they do this they go here they do the work yeah Yeah. but they still managed to get in some really good stuff great um most punk rock most punk rock i feel like i mean i feel like it's when i derailed us and and he's like we gotta break into winkman's that's what felt the most like off the rails Interesting. I feel like this is two episodes now where I've been like, there's only one option. And you have been like Lockwood. And I've been like, no, no. Lockwood. Oh, okay. What are you talking about, Lockwood? It's flow. <laughs> flow is super punk rock. It's flow being like, you're stuck in the cogs. What the fuck are you doing? That's true. Um, yeah. That that she's, for me. That she's awesome. like healthy punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> Lockwood is... Lockwood is toxic punk rock. Toxic. I like it. Uh, I just think that's funny that I'm like, Lockwood is never punk rock. And you're like, yeah, he can be a little. (laughs) Only when it's bad, though. It's like it's really bad for him. I was like, oh, no, it's you're going against the system. But the system is like staying alive, (laughs) you know. Okay. If you want to follow the show and interact with us and the rest of the like Save Lockwood and Co. community, you can find us on Twitter at Lockwood Podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can add inferior Caitlin. All I really do is whine about work. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to. Sometimes yeah. I whine about my illness, which is also super entertaining it's for very everyone other than me. 
if you want to send us an email, you can do that uh, contact at hollowedgroundmedia.com. Thank you for everyone who has sent us emails. Uh, or you can visit our contact page at hollowedgroundmedia.com slash contact. And remember, Suicide Pact it is then. Uh, and remember, Suicide Pack. Oh my god, we didn't do punk rock. <laughs> oh, we didn't. You're right. Hold I, on. How did I, how did I, uh, <laughs> cut that part out? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna do the end, remember, and then we can do punk rock and I'll, I All can right. move it. Um, <clears throat> and remember, Suicide Pact it is then. That would have been funny if we just stopped. <laughs> and then remembered, like, tomorrow. <laughs>